Are you a college student looking for extra guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you need to spice up your resume, find the best way to answer difficult interview questions, or you just want to be in the right mindset for determining your career path. My best-selling career ebook guide is now available on the official podcast website at whatfulfillsyou.com where you can also find the recent merchandise drop of the What Fulfills You daily signature notebook, which is my go-to vegan leather notebook for writing down gratitude, priorities, meeting notes, and so much more. You can find all of this on the official website at whatfulfillsyou.com. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host and a big welcome if you are brand new to this show. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting about my personal take on career advice in particular going into the nine to five for the first time after college. So if you are someone that has already experienced it for many years now, then I would say this episode is not really um, ideal for you. But if you're interested in learning what I think about the approach in today's day and age, then certainly keep listening. But before we get into the episode, I do want to just start off with some gratitude. Again, just a simple practice that I like to incorporate in um, most of my episodes, although not every intro. So for today's gratitude, I'm honestly going to say this one has been at the top of my mind lately just because I realized that what I do today as a female was certainly not available or as acceptable 10, 20, 30 years ago and of course further on. So for that reason, I'm going to say that I'm extremely grateful for not only being born in the generation that I was because my personality is very ambitious and someone that doesn't necessarily follow the rules not to be a rule breaker but because certain things don't make sense like why can't women also lead companies um, play poker and do things that apparently men only should be doing right so I'm extremely grateful that we as a society and as a culture we have progressed in learning to understand that women can also have a masculine side to them and that it can also be extremely attractive and i think a great example of that is sarah blakely founder and ceo of spanx which i believe is now a billion dollar company if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong though but nonetheless i think she's a great example she's always mentioned her assertiveness her desire to you know kind of sit at the table that only men sit at because you know i mean we have a alpha personality per se and i think um even for me with being an asian american it is extremely difficult to have that personality because in the asian culture especially you are meant to listen to your elderlies you are meant to be more soft-spoken maybe slightly submissive but as far as i know i think even the asian culture has progressed in that but 
of course, still behind America in that. So I'm grateful that I have a community of listeners and just a community of people in my life that not only love me for being exactly that, but also embrace me for that because I recognize, again, this is not something that was normal, you know, many, many years ago, especially when our parents were in their 20s. And so I'm just grateful for that. And I definitely don't want to take that for granted. All right, so enough with the gratitude practice. I hope you can take a moment right now just to think about something really simple and, you know, random, mundane, whatever that you are grateful for. In my experience, it always enhances my day, enhances my level of thinking just to notice that I have something because it makes you believe that you have more and when you bring that mindset into your life, you're going to continue to believe like, oh, you have an abundance of things and that's going to be actually how you shift a lot of your life no matter what area. So yeah, give it a try and I hope you enjoy that and now let's just dive into the episode. So let's dive into today's episode, which is essentially my take on career advice or how I prepared for going into the nine to five life or just essentially what I call post-grad life. And this episode, I think, is going to be really ideal for those who are graduating soon, recently graduated, or maybe you are like me and you graduated two years ago or so and you are still in that framework of, okay, I want to have a better and clearer vision of where I'm going in my career. And so I guess I'll go into my first bullet point, which is finding the best industry. I think this one is relatively difficult or something that people don't realize is actually more difficult than it is because, for example, if you study communications and you have like so many options like marketing and PR and all of this, and in my opinion, and again, experience, I would say most of the time when you're in college and you're studying for a specific degree, also business or something, your professors or your advisors at college are not necessarily going to help you break down the concept of why this industry, right? And so I guess the way I saw it when I was graduating was instead of thinking about what position or what industry, again, like I think a common one for me was going into social media or marketing or, you know, anything of that nature, which funny enough, I kind of am now doing for myself, but was not my nine to five if you have listened to previous episodes. But a question I asked myself or something that you can ask yourself is, what are skills you are naturally good at and can build upon? So an example would be public speaking, working through rejection, so someone that has thick skin for, you know, maybe cold calling, um, you know, previous athlete with good self-discipline, all of that, that would be good for sales. And that's obviously my personal example because I worked in sales as my first nine to five job. I will say with my sales experience, it has excelled my path in entrepreneurship, in building out my businesses and you know having the ability to cold call people or cold email and so forth. And so I think if you're someone that already has an innate talent for that and just needs to you know build that up, that is an industry you could look into. And again, 
I studied communication and then I went into sales. And I think sales obviously is one of those industries where you could really have studied anything as long as you are someone that can, I think, stick it through. And to me, I resonate with that most as an athlete. And so I think that's why I also often come across a lot of athletes in sales positions because it's one of those jobs that you have to just stick through on the rough days and the really high days and so forth. Another great example that would be really good for sales or jobs with commission would be goal-oriented people, type A or and or okay with pressure. Again, a lot of people I know um, are not great with pressure and great under pressure and that's kind of why a lot of people don't make it in sales and have to quit and go into something else, which is obviously nothing wrong with it. But I think having that self-awareness of how you function the best and what motivates you, right? So I would say I'm a type A person and I'm goal-oriented, but I'm not motivated by money and sales, I think. And so I had the performance aspect of being able to be good at sales, but I wasn't driven by the same, I guess, end goal as most are when you're in sales. And I think it's because that's part of why I have this podcast and what why it's called What Fulfills You is because money is great. Making money is great. I love it. There's never a time I wouldn't want to have it, but I am driven more by how it actually impacts the person I work with. So in the sales example, it would be, you know, how am I impacting the person that is buying the product I'm selling? And that's why I always want to do it ethically. And I think that's also why people in sales have a reputation of not being as ethical because it thinks, you know, people think, oh, you're just so salesy, right? So um, that was probably the one thing that didn't align well with me. And that's why ultimately it's it's great that I can do this podcast and the other things and actually understand the end consumer, which are, you know, you guys and people in their 20s, I would say, who listen to this podcast because I've been there and I totally get it. So, um, but yeah, if you are someone goal-oriented, you do well in academics and you love to get straight A's and, you know, you're good with being under pressure, you don't get anxiety with that, I highly recommend considering sales and all you have to do really is like, okay, find a sales position while every, you know, every business has sales and then just go and look for companies or industries that like sell products that you would be aligned with. So I sold payroll, which was obviously not, you know, something I loved, but for sure the company and the experience was beyond what I could have expected. And that was for a Fortune 200 company. So I definitely do think that everyone should give a Fortune 500 company a try, even though you don't like big corporate, but if you're really set on not working in a big corporate setting, I would definitely look at smaller, medium-sized businesses going into sales for them and just seeing. So, you know, if you want to be in like health and beauty, then go do sales for a beauty brand. Or if you want to be more in finance and like tech world, then go and do sales for some of those companies. Again, sales is always available for any of them, but just remember it's pretty high pressure and, um, you know, you just have to be gritty with however you do things every day. On the other hand, a different set of skills I would say you could think of is, you know, for example, being customer oriented, calm mannered, good at speaking with people, 
you would most likely be good with customer service oriented jobs, which there are plenty. Um, I will note though, they do pay less than you know sales, for example, or more technical jobs. And so that is, again, something you always have to keep in mind when it comes to weighing out your options and what industry you're in. I even considered a customer service job at one point. I do think I would do really well in this, but I also realized that I love being challenged every day and love kind of being hyped up like Wolf of Wall Street, which seems a little funny when you like look at who I am and you're like, how is this lovely Asian girl like all about Wolf of Wall Street energy? I definitely am. So I think that was, again, something I didn't align with in customer service, but um, I think that's if you can reflect and just look at what works for you and what people often come to you for. And like, for example, one of my best friends, Avery, I would say she'd be good in customer service or something that deals with speaking with people and someone that can just stay level headed because Avery, um, again, she's been on the podcast. She's typically pretty calm and very people oriented more than I am. So I think she would be, again, great at that. And if you have people or friends that make these comments to you, I would always take a mental note of that because that may be helpful in having a better understanding of what industry is going to work best for you as a first or second nine to five job. Other questions I asked myself during the process, which I definitely think these questions are not emphasized enough, but the first one being, ideally, what time would I want to start my day? And I think this one is a unique question because it really puts you in the driver's seat or in the sense of, I will control my day. Now, I understand, like, you don't really get to fully pick what time you start your day, right? But certain industries do start later or earlier. So sales, it can vary. Like some sales jobs can start as early as 6 a.m. if like you're on the West Coast and the business is mainly on the East Coast. I actually had a job offer from a company where I could have worked 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. And... I guess that could have been cool, you know, because like you end your day early. But for me, that was an automatic no because I knew that I did not want to allow myself to, you know, already be working by 6 a.m. Like I wanted to be waking up at 5.30 or 6, you know. So um, with that being said, like with sales, you know, some jobs I think with sales are between like most of the time they start at 7 or 8. I don't know of any sales jobs that start at nine per se, but maybe there are some out there. But other than that, I would say normal nine to five jobs actually start at nine. So anything maybe in PR, advertising, marketing, definitely software engineering, I think, um, because my brother is in that space. And I know that his previous jobs and his I don't know about his current one but I know his previous ones like he didn't really need to start until 10 and I think those are great you know so to be able to keep in mind how early you want to start your day and then another important question is how does my day look right so why I ask this question is because who you are surrounded by and the energy 
you are around all day every day is going to affect you and it's going to affect your mental health it's going to affect how you view life it's going to affect how you think of yourself and just overall like your I don't want to say just your happiness in in the job and your career but just how you feel about life because if you think about it we are working majority of our life we work approximately give or take 40 to I don't know some people are doing 80 hours a week Monday through Friday sometimes even more than that and so most of our life is taken up by working and so that's why I find it so important to look at these nitty-gritty items in your day-to-day so an example of you know how my day looks is it mainly in the office am i collaborating in workspaces or like meeting conference rooms is my schedule flexible or is it more structured where i have a manager overlooking everything i'm doing am i out in the field so if you guys are not familiar with the term out in the field this is often used in sales or even recruiting jobs i think where you are more meeting with clients in person whereas there's also a lot of inside sales jobs where you get calls or emails directly from leads and then you just do everything from your desk which can be more mundane and boring depending on how you look at it but if you're not someone that knows how to have the self-discipline the drive to have your own flexible schedule and kind of be a boss of your own day then probably doing something that pertains to being at your desk more is good for you but again this all comes back to having self-awareness for me i knew that i'm very accustomed to scheduling my day and having a busy schedule and running around and doing different things and so me personally having a flexible schedule was super important so when i learned at my sales interview for the job i ended up doing i learned that I really controlled my hours for the most part, aside from always going into the office before 8 a.m. and then sometimes going back to the office. And I'd say on average, I left between 4.15 to 5 o'clock, depending on the day and and depending on the time of the month, because all that factors into the sales and the quota. And just think about that because also maybe you are also like me and always dreamed of being remote and having you know, the freedom of being wherever and working. And obviously with COVID now, it has accelerated that process of the hybrid or the remote or the fluidity of working wherever because now we as a society, we've been forced into the hand of, okay, you have no option but trust your employees. And now the employees are also saying like, well, shit yeah i can't just sit on the couch all day because that's boring and also i'm going to be out of a job right so it goes hand in hand with understanding are you self-disciplined do you need someone overlooking you do you prefer to sit all day do you prefer to be meeting with clients all day do you prefer to be driving or you know if you're in the city taking a subway of some sort to and from meetings and kind of being on the go like that because if you can just visualize how your day would look like that would really be able to help you understand, okay, I think this is where I want to be. And I actually talked about this with one of my team members, Sue. I talked to her about, you know, what does, what has she learned from other people that have graduated that they miss or that gives her insight into what she wants to do after college. And she had mentioned previously that she has learned from other people that have, that graduated who are in accounting in particular. They miss 
being able to decide for themselves because when you have a boss they're going to you know limit your vacations and they're going to limit your flexibility because that's just kind of what work does and entails so I think with that being said I always envisioned myself building a business and a team that was remote and also had a lot of flexibility but under the condition that all the people or the team was extremely self-disciplined because I don't think you can accomplish that without having a lot of self-disciplined people to execute at that level so again it just comes down to self-awareness understanding what you need most and for some people yes you do need a manager or someone that reminds you all the time and keeps you on track and that's totally okay too that allows you to maybe cross off the remote option because i think remote work is probably more ideal for people that are good with working on their own on their feet and wanting to have more freedom in where they are at any time and not having to move for a job because that's pretty common too especially for our parents back in the day most of our parents had to move to a new city for that job because that's just how life was right so i think we should not take that for granted in that most of the time now we can stay or move to any city we want to and still work at the company or work in a position that we ideally want even if we're not physically within that city or location that the headquarters is in. So this last section is actually a submitted Q&A from some of the listeners and you guys have specific questions on what you wanted to know regarding career prep, interviewing, and all of that. So the first question is how to stand out on job applications and interviews. So I guess I'm going to look at this from a perspective of someone that has hired before or I have done interviews or of something of that nature for interns or people to work with me part-time. And I will say something that definitely stands out is, or rather is like a red flag almost, is when someone's resume is not that clean or not that precise in a way where like I don't know like maybe maybe sometimes I have high standards or expectations because I was fortunate to have um, a close family member who has done interviews with like people that went to Princeton and Ivy League schools and they've seen these resumes so when I had mine edited from this family member I was I guess given that insight per se so when I was looking at some resumes i was certainly surprised by like the formatting of some and so i guess what i will say on that is definitely have people who have a lot of experience in the corporate world review your resume and someone really reliable like not your friend that graduated two years before you not um you know your college friend as well unless you again unless you really trust them then that's different but i would highly recommend bringing it to three different opinions and seeing how they think of your format and fyi if you do want the exact format i have used i have it on my career ebook guide which i talk about at every intro so i don't don't want to rant on it but i do have three examples for you guys and you can download it yourself from the career ebook guide and it's literally formatted the way i have mine and in my opinion it's very clean it's very to the point and it's 
I've gotten a lot of compliments on it when I went through interview processes because they said, you know, literally like, holy shit, this is fire, you know, like they they got every piece of information they could have wanted from looking at my resume. So that would be a big one is just just do your due diligence, like don't make an average resume, make it fucking stellar. Second part on interviews, definitely have your questions and answers locked down. So I hate to say this again, but I do have interview questions on my career ebook guide. And these questions are actually ones I've experienced within interviews. And they're just the common behavioral questions, which there's a big list of them. But I did narrow it down to the top 20 common ones, I would say, and then also how I would answer it and or how I actually answered it in an interview. So for example, I'll give you guys one right now. When they ask you, what's your biggest weakness? I never say my biggest weakness is. I have always framed it like, I wouldn't say I have any weaknesses, but maybe there are some skills greater than others in which the ones that I need to improve on, I will continue to work on overall. But as a person and in my personal philosophy, I am a firm believer in just always improving. So everything I'm doing, whether it's my skills or whatever I'm working towards, I'm always going to look to see how I can improve and get better. So the key there is A, I've obviously practiced that, but B, it's actually a personal belief and you have to believe these things that you're saying because they can just tell by the way you're talking. So in these in these interviews, when the when they ask you these questions, you should have that instinct of what you're going to say already and it is going to show if you are not prepared. That's in my opinion also a red flag. So how to stand out is being so authentic but also very sharp in the way you answer these questions the second q a question is which is most important to know first where do you want to live or what job you want to have so this is really great and i'm gonna say to preface i might have a different opinion on this than others and this is probably I would say the older generation would skew this a certain way, but my personal answer and how I have approached my own life is choosing where I want to live. And there's probably a couple core reasons. The first one that comes to mind is is that your physical environment and where you are, even in your home, your bedroom, the people you are surrounded by, the types of people they are, and the nitty gritty list can go on, that has such an impact on your mental health and your physical well-being. And I have experienced this when I lived in a certain apartment and in the area, it wasn't great. It just like, I even learned this somewhere too on a podcast or book that your physical environment actually has a biological effect on you, whether you know that or not. And I think that's not talked about enough, but I felt that biological effect when I was a junior in college. And I just did not like the physical city I was living in and it was closer to campus. And so the following year I moved back to a different area that I used to live in down in Orange County and I just felt a lot better there. And so I think that is so important is just choosing where you want to live because in my opinion today's world it's relatively easy to get a job now that might sound very naive in a certain way i know it's been a different case with covid but 
if you really open your eyes at the opportunities that are available now compared to 10 to 15 years ago there's a lot more you know even with amazon right like you could work for whole foods you could be a prime delivery service person like amazon you could do so many different jobs and find a way to get paid even if that's again not something you want to do and that's not going to be the end all be all but I'm a firm believer in having that physical environment be your prime and for it to feel like home because that's important. It's where you eat, sleep, breathe. And also you want to be in a community where you can find more like-minded people and that you have maybe already existing friends or an existing community there. So for me, that's why I'm a big fan of New York City funny enough like my main base right now is LA although I'm back and forth between New York and LA for work and just of course because I'm eventually going to be there full-time but I would say I have more friends in New York City than I do in LA which doesn't feel weird or anything because in LA I feel like it's such a focus zone for me when I'm here I'm recording I'm focused, I'm working, I'm, you know, making sure I make ends meet. And when I'm in New York, I might let a little bit more loose. But nonetheless, though, when it comes to meeting people in New York, I find I have much more in common with people there than I do in LA, which is always a sparkling feeling. I don't know how to describe it, but it feels very energizing when I come across people in New York and I talk to them and maybe they're from the Northeast like me or they just had similar backgrounds as me. It's just so awesome to be around those people. So that's also important as well. So if you are currently in a city or suburb right now where you don't feel like you have that community either, I would highly recommend trying to go to another place and seeing if that's a better fit for you, both physically, environmentally, and then also with the relationships that you could be building. The last question is how to start working towards being your most successful now. Obviously, I think, you know, if you are in your 20s, that probably feels like a very loaded question in a sense. And I think this is a great question to ask, though. But if you're going to ask me, in my opinion, wherever you are at in life, like I'm going to just imagine whoever's listening to this, you either are in college right now or you have graduated recently. And my best advice in starting to work towards being your best or your most successful self in whatever that may look like is seriously focus on you. I don't know how many times or how often I see women especially unfortunately go down the path of focusing on other things. They focus on other people. They focus on trying to get a boyfriend. They focus on trying to um, you know, impress their friends or they, they're focused on what other people are doing. That's why I deleted Snapchat a long time ago. I don't look at people's stories on there. That was a waste of my time. I don't snap people. That's, in my opinion, just a waste of my time. If I want to talk to you, I'm just going to call you. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that's, if I'm being really fucking honest, I would say that is the main difference in how people set themselves up to be successful starting in their 20s versus when you get to your late 20s and you're like oh shit I wish I did x y and z and I would say I think it's because a lot of people lack the ability to focus and I read in the book it's that book it's seven habits of highly effective people I believe that's the title 
And it talks about Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. And they both had, in separate rooms, agreed on on one word that that they attribute their success to. And both of them said this in different rooms, but they both said focus. And I remember someone told me this back in, I think... uh, this was like 2019 I think and it was just it was funny it was a guy that I had just met and we were talking about philosophy and whatever and just like mindsets of some people that we look up to and he had asked me do I know what that one thing is and I said no at the time and he was actually the one that revealed it to me that Warren Buffett and Bill Gates both said focus so ever since then I I always kind of do an audit on myself like am I focused on what I'm supposed to do and I always try to break it down to like what am I focused on why am I focused on it right and for some and by the way like it's not meant to be for everyone if that makes sense like if you do want to chase the relationship or chase whatever it is that you think is more suitable for you there is nothing wrong with that but my thing is don't complain or don't blame other people or external events for being the reason that you're not in a place that you want to be or could have been in two to three years from now. And I remember when I was in college, I wrote out during my junior year of college, it was a very, I guess I could say darker time in my life, and I wrote down who Emily Elizabeth was going to be two years after she graduated, which is exactly where I am today. I I actually think that I wrote that I was living in LA um, or that I was living in some major city, not in Orange County anymore, that's for sure. And I also had wrote that I was just doing well in my businesses. And I clearly knew at the time that I was going to do more than one. But at that time, I only had Elite Skatewear, which is my dress business. And I think when you just tell yourself these things and you envision that and you just start to focus on that, making that your pillar, not other people, side tangent too. Reason why I highly recommend not focusing on other things but yourself is because when you focus on other people or anything that is not you, those are variables. So if they change their mind or if they decide to go a different path, you are kind of stuck on your own because what if that's not the path you want to go? Or what if that relationship broke off, right? And again, I'm a huge advocate for dating and relationships and all of that, but if my advice is for someone that's graduating right now or going to graduate soon, best advice would be literally focus on your own path because once you become more definitive on your path and your vision for who you want to be, right? A reminder, it's who you want to be, not like what you want to be, but who you want to be, like character-wise, like who are you? Who are you outside of the the money, the success, the job title? Like who are you at your core. When you decide that, the right people will come flocking your way. And I I attribute what I've done on a personal development level as to why I've attracted all the people in my life today, which is insane because I didn't really have much friends back in my junior year of college. And I think today I just had the most incredible relationships and friendships I've ever had in my entire life. And I just attribute it to those years I took to focus on myself. So I will leave you with that, but before we finally end things, I do want to remind you guys, if you are interested in my career ebook guide, I will break it down right now what is within that ebook. So I have three custom resume templates, top 20 behavioral interview questions, 
cover letter tips and template, best business and work attire to look sharp, LinkedIn tools with step-by-step guide on how to perfect your LinkedIn, a job search resource list, and a lot more. Um, As you hear on the outros and intros all the time, it is available on the official podcast website at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thank you again for tuning in. As always, I appreciate it so much. When you leave a review, it takes 10 to 20 seconds. Even if you just leave a heart, give me five stars, please. I'm just kidding. No, just leave your honest reviews. Or if you do have feedback and it's not five stars and you would rather just DM to me, let me know. Message me on the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you pod. Be sure you're following along there because a lot of things are just popping out there, especially my upcoming limited edition crew neck. That thing is going to be so freaking cute. I only have 25 of those. So cop one while you can. Um, But that is all I have for today. So thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you all and I'll chat with you next time.